No, it's good, good to see you guys this morning. Um, a quick update. Uh, <laughs> quick update that's not much of an update, but it's an update. Um, first of all, let me just say, because I, I don't think I said this last week, uh, if you see Joey... Uh, which he's on fall break somewhere on a beach or something, I think. But, uh, you know, um, but now when you see Joey, uh, be sure to thank him uh, because he, <laughs> he has rattled the cages <laughs> of the people that needed to be rattled uh, with trying to move things forward uh, with our building and our expansion and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, that being said, and I stepped on a cracker up here and I keep feeling it under my feet, so I'm just going to just crumbs up there. Um, well, something, well, something to eat there if you need it later. Uh, but, um, uh, but no, Joey, Joey uh, really did. He, uh, he, he kind of stepped the plate and, and did some work for us. That's uh, not always like pleasant conversations and stuff, but just kind of had some hard conversations with some people on the church's behalf uh, to help kind of move things forward. And so um, the, uh, my understanding is that the bank did meet this past Thursday uh, and and reviewed uh, our stuff or whatever. And to my knowledge, I've been led to believe that uh, that it is passed through, but that we will get the details of that. I think tomorrow. So um, I'm telling you what I know, and that's literally as much as I know. Uh, and it's and it's still vague or whatever. But uh, we have a set of terms, uh, and we'll be we'll be sharing that with the membership uh, before we close. Uh, that just to, just because we want to try to keep everybody on the up and up, and if you have questions about that when we do that, uh, we'll do that. More than likely, this is the way that's going to happen uh, because everybody's going every which way, especially with it being fall break, and because that might happen this week, uh, that it may happen via like a, a video on the member Facebook page. And so, uh, if you're a member, then great, uh, you know you'll get that information. If you're not, don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, you don't you don't have to you don't have to fret about that stuff too. But uh, once we have all that information and it's and it's all clear, we don't mind sharing that with everybody. Uh, it's not like members are going to be the only ones to get to know about it. But the membership of our church are the people that voted uh, for us to move forward with this thing, uh, and that's that's you know we we, we want to try to keep everything on the up and up and everybody knowledgeable about what's going on. So um, and then you know it may who knows it may it may be we close this week it may not be we close this week if it is we close this week then next Sunday we'll probably share some stuff about what happened and uh, kind of what things look like moving forward and breaking ground and all those kinds of things but uh, if you're just tuning in uh, basically we're, we're trying to move forward with uh, just a vision that God's given us for this church to uh, see it not only to continue to grow but for us to continue to move forward and reaching uh, this community uh, and that uh, and that we are very well aware uh, I was very well aware last night uh, at the gas station when somebody comes running out and telling the owners of the gas station somebody had just been shooting up in the bathroom and all this kind of stuff uh, that, that this is this is the reality of a whole lot of what's going on around us and this is our mission field and we are not going to ignore what's going on around us but that we have to actively pursue what's it look like for us to be Jesus uh, to those people to their children how do we reach them how do we help them have food how you know whatever it is and so um, we're just very committed to this um, and so if you're here then just know that we're very committed to that and that's going to be messy at times and all that kind of stuff but anyway there's a lot to it and we don't have time for all that and there's uh, catch me later and I'll tell you which messages to go listen to and all that good stuff and 
uh, you can kind of be caught up to speed maybe and, and kind of where God's leading us as a church. But uh, it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. Uh, and, and we're grateful, grateful that God is at work and moving in us and, and, and just doing a very special thing. And again, I said this last week, but again, thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you that are just uh, faithfully seeking the Lord with uh, everything from serving uh, to giving uh, to all of the things, and I can just tell you, I mean, we're, we're going to have to be diligent with those things, and especially the serving, especially the giving, of course, but I mean, like, you know, we can't, we can't bring in busloads of kids if we're not ready to bring in busloads of kids. Right now, we're not ready, I can just tell you. I mean, our, our, our kids' workers would kill us. What, here's what that means. We need more people to be faithful to being kids' workers, and, and maybe you're already a kids' worker. Maybe you're already back there, and you're doing that, and and loving on kids, whatever, but maybe you do it periodically instead of like every week or whatever. Just pray, just pray. Just pray. It's not a guilt trip, none of that. We don't do guilt trips here. I, I'm saying let the Lord lead you and however he needs to lead you, uh, you know, listen to him. Listen to him. And, and, and in fact, today we're talking about some of that, so this kind of fits in. So uh, anyway, if you got your Bible, go ahead and get it out. Let's go and get into this. We're going to the book of Matthew today. And if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles and they will be glad to bring you one and get you one today. Uh, and, uh, you know, just throw your hand up and let them know that you need one. If you don't own a Bible, uh, we want you to take that one and keep it. Uh, you can have it. If you just need to borrow it, that's fine, too. You can put it back on the shelf on your way back out and help those guys out. Uh, but Matthew chapter 26 is where we are going today. And uh, last week I talked about uh, this uh, big faith, this giant faith. We talked about David and Goliath and uh, talked about uh, the giant and talked about giant faith to go with that uh, and what it looks like for uh, us to have giant faith and, and just to be praying about what it looks like for us to have giant faith. And really that's kind of feeding into uh, today. I, I, I just out of nowhere just kind of felt led uh, several weeks ago. To just been, I'd been mulling over these certain passages and, uh, and just kind of going, I haven't talked through those things in a long time. And I feel like it would be great for us just to kind of on the on the cusp of what God is, I feel like, about to be doing with us as a church, that we would just be seeking him and praying that he would lead us and guide us in uh, the days ahead for the things that we have in front of us. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where a lot of this is coming from. So, uh, but, uh, but today, uh, kind of, again, feeding out of the giant faith thing, and uh, for us to have giant faith in trusting in the Lord to step forward in the things that he calls us to do, uh, whether it's to uh, defeat giants or uh, to go, uh, you know, minister to crying babies or, you know, whatever, you know, then uh, that's, that's what we do. And uh, we love our crying babies. Uh, I seen Terry's head. Terry went, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, but uh, no, it's so, you know, we're, we're, we're it's, it's, you know, these are exciting things, but we have to remember that there's, there's a lot of work involved. Uh, and at the same time, let me say this, let's don't make it about the work, okay? Let's don't ever make it about the work. Let's always make it about the gospel. Let's always make it about, about what God has called us to and what he's done for us in that he's been faithful to us, okay? And so because, and, 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 I, and the reason I'm stopping, kind of like putting the brakes on this for a second and saying that is because a lot of us grew up in, uh, in, in, in different, different ways, hearing, hearing different gospels, if you will. They all came in the, in the name of Jesus, maybe, but oftentimes it was a, 
you know, try harder, uh, you stink, you can do better, uh, you know, kind of gospel. And, it, and, and really what that is, is it's this legalism. And, 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 and legalism is a, you know, I'm doing, I'm going to do more and I'm going to do better so that God will love me more. And that's a false gospel. That's not, that's not the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus is that God the Father sent his son to die for us, not because we deserved it, but because he loved us and in him we are saved. Not because of how hard we can work or the good things we can do. You see, all of this that's, that's in front of us, all these things that God is calling us to, we can't do because we want to do hard work. And, and it's, sometimes that's a little tough for us because you know, a lot of us come from this like, you know, background of like we worked hard and you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to work hard and it's okay to work hard for the kingdom. But we can't make it about the work. We have to make it about the cross. We have to make it about what Christ has done. And so in other words, we don't hang our hat on, hey, look what I did. We hang our hat on, look what Jesus did. And so as we go, it's ne it never becomes this whole, <clears throat> you know, about us thing. It becomes about him thing. And, and, and so, you know, just to, just to preface that as we go into even this passage today that talks about work, because work is a part of it, okay? But we go into it with that lens, all right? Matthew 26, Matthew 26. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this question before we even get into this. Here's a question. Here's a question. What has God given you to work with right now? What has God given you to work with right now? I want you to think about that question for just a minute. What has God given you to work with right now? So, a conversation that I have a lot with a lot of people, and especially men, is a conversation that goes something like this, I'm not where I thought I would be at this point in life right now. You know, we, we grew up, you know, part of growing up in America, and thankful for that, uh, part of growing up in America is that we've gotten this understanding over the years, you know, you can grow up and you can be anything you want to be. That's not completely true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's a lot of ways around a lot of things, but the truth is we can't technically grow up to be anything that we want to be. But obviously, through hard work and a lot of things, you know that we can obviously go and pursue dreams and all those kinds of things. And so there has been, especially within the last couple of generations, this generational shift of people that have been pursuing some dream whether it be a work dream or a relationship dream or whatever it is, that at the end of the day, feel very let down, okay? And, and then there, too, you have generations of people that, uh, you know, want to reach where they want to be in the end right now. And that, for many of us, we know that doesn't happen without the hard work and without the other things. So, and when we get that, right? So... This idea that we ask ourselves this question, what has God given you to work with right now, might be the most important question outside of do you know Jesus that you can ask yourself today. And here's why I say that. I say that because if we don't see what God has given us to work with right now, 
we're never going to get to where we feel like he's leading us to go. Let's go Matthew 26. I think this will make more sense as we go. Matthew 26, verse 14, we have a parable that Jesus shares that is um, very much having to do with money, but it's not just about money. And I'm not talking about it today really to talk about money, although you can obviously take and glean that from it, but it's about being faithful with things. And uh, let's just read it, verse 14. It says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. Okay, and this is a, this is a monetary thing here, and I'm going to talk about what a talent is here in just a minute. To one he gave five talents. Uh, 25, it's 25, sorry. I wrote it down wrong in my notes. Thankfully, I remember. So sorry. <laughs> Did I give it to you guys wrong too? I gave it to you guys wrong too, I bet you anything. Yeah, because I copied it from my notes, but it's 26. Sorry. Yeah, it's not talking about Judas today. 25, I'm sorry. Whatever. For the love. Crucify me now. Dang. Let's just have an invitation. Nathan, where are you at? We're going to the lake. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 14. And it says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, three people, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So he doubles, doubles what he's given uh, to work with, doubles the investment. Verse 17, so also he who had two talents also made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him, with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he, and he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me the two talents. Here I have made two talents more. The master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. 
But the master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and it and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given, will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is uh, this is an investor's parable, if you will. Uh, I I love I, I love investment stuff. I got to be honest with you. I mean, like this, this is a, this is a thing for me. I, in fact, I, I at times I probably like it too much. I, I just I love. I love a deal. I love the art of a deal. My side business stuff is is completely 100% based around that. And and some and I think it might I can probably like complain if I want to like lay on a counselor's couch and blame it on my parents, I could probably blame it on my parents because they collected antiques and you know, I, I just I grew up with this understanding of, you know, that you could go to the store and you could buy something that would tear up in a year and be worthless, or you could buy this old thing that would be worth something for a long time and have a story to tell. You know, and of course then there's the romanticizing of the story and, and the thing and, and you know, all this stuff. And so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think my parents meant that bad, but the truth is, is like I just took that and, and just ran with it in life. And so every, every single thing that I have ever collected has always been something that like I'm collecting that because I believe that it's a good investment that it will have some monetary value. I, you know, when I was when I was uh, 16 years old, I believed that muscle cars would be worth more money as time went on. Everybody thought I was crazy. My parents thought I was insane. I had I had like four cars by the time I was like 19 years old at my parents' house. I had I had a 67 Chevelle, I had a 69 Firebird convertible, I had a 76 Firebird uh, Formula 400, I had a uh, 70 Fairlane, I mean, I just, I just was full up with just, you know, and the truth of it is, is like most of it was just junk, you know? I mean, let's just be honest, you know, I was buying these cars, you know, of course back then you could buy, you know, you buy old cars for cheap and whatever, and, and but you know, I was always kind of like trading up or whatever, and you know, I, I just, I just always, and it's so, so like, I would go to school with people, and, and they would have like a new car, they would, you know, and I won't say like what kind of new car, but they'd have a new car, and, and I'd see them with their new car, and they'd be like, oh, I got this new car, and I'd be like, oh, I got this old car, and they're like, yeah, why, why are you driving that piece of junk? I'm like, well, this is going to be worth more than that in a few years, and they'd be like, you're stupid, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is, it's long term, I'm right, uh, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we won't go there. Uh, you know, but but you know, it's it's one of those things that like I mean, it's okay to it's okay to obviously like in investing things and being you know being wise. And in fact, I think that I think that part of the parable for us to understand is that God is wanting us to be faithful with the things that we have for not just His kingdom, but even in how we take care of our families. 
But there's a big piece of this parable today that I think really helps answer this question in which I was asking to begin with. You remember the question that I asked to begin with? The question was this, what has God given you to work with right now? The parable that Jesus tells is a parable about uh, talents, which are, is a monetary thing. And, and In fact, let me just go ahead and read this to you in the ESV so that you can kind of have like some kind of understanding of, of what this is really talking about, like how much money that like this guy was giving them to like really work with, I think is pretty awesome uh, when you understand it. ESV Study Bible says this about a talent, okay? And I think because a lot of times like we uh, in the past maybe have read this passage, go, oh, he's talking about my talents. Well, I'm, I'm not a very good musician, but I'm a pretty good, you know, not, not talking about that, okay? Uh, although that can apply, it's not talking about that. It says this, ESV Study Bible. It says, in Old Testament times, a talent was a unit of weight equaling about 75 pounds, but in New Testament times, it was a unit of monetary reckoning, though not an actual coin, valued at about 6,000 drachmas, the equivalent of about 20 years' wages of a laborer, okay? So about 20 years' wages of a laborer, let me kind of help, they, they give some and, and this is where, you know, I mean, it's going to be a little fuzzy, but we're just kind of giving like some roundabouts here. A common laborer earned about one denarii per day. An approximate modern equivalence, if a laborer, talking about today, if a laborer earns $15 an hour at 2,000 hours per year, he would earn 30000 per year. And a talent would equal $600,000 U.S. dollars, one talent. Hence, 10,000 talents, respectfully, you know, kind of going with this little model we've got here, in today's terms would be about $6 billion. Okay. So, because it's easy for us to hear a number and I go like five, two, one, and go, ah, whatever. You know, he gave him a couple of coins or something. What's he, you know, what's he supposed to do with that? No, no, no. This is, this is like, so, so like just even think back to then and, and, and whatever, whatever the wage would have been at that point in time, just to be able to go that it was one talent was like 20 years worth of wages. Take whatever you make right now, multiply it by 20, and it's like the, that this guy, their master, was saying to them, here's, here's times 20, what you've been making, and you know times five to you, two to you, one to you, go and, go and do something great with it. You know, These guys... First two guys, they got it. They got it. They took what was given to them in that moment and they went and reinvested it somehow. We don't know how because it's, that's not the important part of the parable, obviously. Otherwise, we would have those details. But the important part of the parable is that they invested it and doubled their money. So the guy with five, he made five more and that gave him ten. And then the guy with two, he made two more and then that gave him four. Knowing that the master would return wanting a return on his money. The last guy, the last guy is, is interesting because he's just, it just says he's just scared. He's, he's so scared that he's, he's going to fail at doing something good with the money. He just buries it in the ground. He digs a hole. He puts it in the ground. When the master comes back, he digs it up and is like, hey, here's your, here's your talent. I think one of the things that's interesting for us to note 
is that the response of the master to the first two is exactly the same. The response of the first to the first two is exactly the same. What's the response? Here's the response to the first two. Both each says at different times, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been more faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Here's, what, here's what's interesting about that. What's interesting is about that to me is that he gives the same answer to both of them, but we're talking about different amounts. Sure, they both doubled what they had, but I really think that something to see here is that it wasn't about the amounts. It was about, get this, please don't miss it. It wasn't about the amount of money they made. It was about their faithfulness. They knew what they were supposed to do with it. All three of these guys knew what they were supposed to do with it, and it really wasn't about the money. It was about them being faithful with doing something with it. Obviously, the master had some kind of understanding in seeing that you know this one guy, he could handle five. This one guy could handle two. This one guy I'm not so sure about, so I'm going to let him handle one. And, of course, that guy proves the master in some way, shape, or form to be kind of right, that he had good reason to not be sure whether or not he could handle doing this or not because he just put it in the ground. What's this mean for us? What's this mean for us? I'm going to go back to that question. What has God given you to work with right now? What's God given you to work with right now? You know, it's, it's easy for us to play these games of, you know, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not where I want to be right now, Chris. Um, so that's not a really fair question for me. No, 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 no. It is a fair question for you. It is a fair question for every one of us to assess exactly where God has us right now and what are we doing to be faithful with right now. Not talking about a year from now. Not talking about three months from now. I'm not talking about next week. I'm not talking about five years from now. I'm not talking about ten years from now. Twenty years from now. Some of you, some of you, are sitting around right. Some of you've been sitting around this week, going, "Man, when the kids get out of the house, we are, we are, we're going, we're going to Disney World without them." That's my wife. Okay. She's like, "We're going, we're going to Disney World without these kids one day," you know. And I'm like, "Whatever. I don't care. What you want to do? I'll be that guy sitting on the park bench. She can." Ride the teacups over and over or something. No, I like riding the teacups because I, I like, I'm one of those people that likes to spin it as fast as I possibly can and make everybody try to throw up and thing with me, you know? Yeah, love it. I think for us this morning to be willing to just, to just be honest with ourselves with the situations that God has given us. Now, obviously, this is a monetary. This could be totally 100%. You could, I, could do, I could do a finance message off of this. I could do a giving message off of this, a you know, faithful with our, with our money message off of this, and, and it's totally there. And I think that's part of it. I didn't come for that today. I came for us to just be honest with ourselves about what God has given us right now in life, our relationships, our jobs, 
I got a friend of mine that just, he can't stand his job right now. I was just talking to somebody about it a minute ago. And he's a close friend of mine, and he just, he can't stand it. And I, and I, and I, get, I get a lot of the woes that he doesn't like about it or whatever. There's a lot of good things about that job, too, that he has. And I think for us to just understand something is that a lot of times I think that, so, and I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes I've been there and couldn't see it, other times I feel like I'm watching somebody else there and they can't see it, but that we're in the thrust of like being the guy with the one talent. And, and we're just kind of like going, you know, well, you know, this isn't the situation I want. This isn't the situation that I'm like looking to end at. Well, that's fine. It's fine to not, you know, it's fine to, you know, want to better and, and those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, we have to recognize that God is oftentimes waiting for us to be faithful with right now before he gives us more. Like, why, why in the world would God give us more when it comes to ministry, relationships, uh, I mean, Go there with money, too. I mean, all of the things. Why, why would he give us more when if we can continually prove to him that we are unfaithful with what he's given us right now? And instead, we're like, you know, you know, moping around and eeyore and about, you know, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that and my life stinks. And, you know, listen, I get sometimes we are in a place in life where it's not exactly what we hoped for. And we've talked about this, but even... God has even called us that even in our suffering, even in our suffering that we wouldn't waste that, but that we would glorify him, that others would see Christ in us in those moments, that they would see us clinging to him and not some like, oh, I, you know, I'm man enough that I can make it through it and I'm going to be okay. We have great opportunity right now you and I both have great opportunities right now. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? And, and, and here's, here's this concern, you know, for me as a pastor, is that if we as individuals make up the body of believers known as the bride of Christ, the church, if we make up the church and we're unfaithful with what we're doing right now individually, then how could we possibly be being faithful with what God is calling us to as a church, as a body of believers together? I mean, because let's face it, we're, we're all parts of the body, and we're either healthy parts of the body or we're unhealthy parts, or maybe we're somewhere in between. And, and the truth is, is that that if we're not all healthy parts of the body, then the body isn't fully functioning to the potential in which God created it to glorify him. And we can say, hey, we're going to go out here and we're going to start some ministries and we're going to do this stuff and we're going to add on to the thing and, you know, and all that stuff. We can, we can say all that and we can get all jacked up and, oh, yeah, it's good to be a part of a church. It's, you know, moving forward, going, we're trying to do this stuff. And it's real easy Real easy to be one of those folks that's like, yeah, oh, it's it's great, I love it. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep praying about that. I'm just gonna give a little bit toward it. I'm just gonna, you know. At some point, our hands have to get dirty. At some point, we have to recognize that God has put people in our lives for a purpose. 
some of the relationships that are in our lives, people that drive us nuts, are there for a purpose. They're there for us to love on them. They're there for us to be Jesus to them. They're there that God might use us in their lives, that they might experience who Christ is and begin to believe in Him and be saved. I can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. Having a church service can't save anybody. God saves people. And He does so by revealing to them their need for a Savior and and revealing to them the truth of what He's done in sending Jesus to take the death that we deserve on the cross because there was a penalty to be paid for our sin. And that penalty is death. And it's either we pay it or something had to happen and God said, you know what? I'm going to send my perfect son and he will be the sacrificial lamb. He was the only one that could do that for us. How many people do we know right now that need to understand those basic truths of the gospel? How many people do we know right now that they need to believe in that? Not because it was something, you know, good to believe in because they grew up in church. I'm talking about that they would believe in Jesus to be their Savior and have a relationship with Him. There is a big difference in hanging your hat on going to church and being a good person and knowing Jesus as your Savior. At some point along the way, God himself speaks to your heart and you begin to realize, oh my gosh, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. There's another um, similar parable, if you will. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to read part of it. Out of the book of Luke, Luke chapter 16. And in Luke 16, and in verse 10, it says this. It says, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Now, I'll give you a little background to this parable. This parable is called the shrewd manager. And he comes, it comes to his attention as a manager that, uh, uh, well, it comes to attention as an owner that he has a manager who has been uh, basically skimming off the top, not doing his job, taking money dishonestly, all these things. In fact, it even goes on even further that when he's going to get let go, that he actually goes to when he knows he's going to get let go, that he goes to some of the uh, customers that they had, some of the folks that owed his master money, and he says to them, I tell you what, uh, I'll forgive some of your debts at half price if you'll pay all of that now. And then in doing so, takes that money back to the master and says, hey, here's you some money in hopes that he might save his job to kind of have a little influx of money coming in. But then it comes out that he really did this so that he would be in the good graces of some of those people that they might be able to owe him a favor after he loses his job. Jesus then, after, of course, this guy gets fired, Jesus then shares what we see in verse 10. I'll read that again. One who is faithful 
in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. God's looking for our faithfulness. Now, I've, I've had this like impressed on me for like the last, I don't know, 18 months, two years, I think, where I've just had this thing where like God is just is saying to me, and, and, and not, because, not because I'm great at it all the time, but just like this over and over that I'm hearing just in my heart and, and as I'm, and I'm studying his scripture that he's saying, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. That passage goes on. I'll read a little more to you. A couple more verses. It says, If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And this is, this is a warning. Jesus is giving us a warning. And this, this warning of like what money can do to us if we're not careful. And, 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 and listen, you know, I, I tell people all the time, we get in, the, get in these conversations about giving, people get in these conversations about giving with me, and they want to talk about, you know, well, Chris, what's it mean to tithe, and what do you think about a tithe? And we see in the Old Testament the giving of a tithe, that's uh, giving 10%. You know, that, that would be the idea that, you know, whatever, whatever I make, that I would give 10% of that uh, back to the Lord. I'd bring, bring that back uh, as an offering. And, and first of all, that I, I see and I do believe this with all my heart, that it's all his to begin with. And I'm really just a manager. At this point in time, I'm just a manager of the things that God is allowing me to uh, you know, have or whatever. And so you know, in, in talking about this, this idea of giving, you know, when I have these conversations with people, I say to them, I say, well, the New Testament model is actually a little more uh, it's a little, a little tougher, I think, you know, when you get down to it. People are like, well, do you believe in the tithes? Do you believe you're supposed to give 10%? And this is my answer. I'm just telling you this is my answer. I'm, I promise I'm not making this about a financial message. Uh, but I say to them, I think, I think a tithe is a great place to start. And I, and I think that the reason that we saw that in the Old Testament was that it kept us from loving our stuff too much. It's just enough. It's bringing back just enough of it that we don't fall in love with it and that we make it our God. I said, but now when you, when you talk about what Christ taught about what to give, I mean, like over and over, it's like, you know, hey, just sell all your stuff and follow me. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what, what do I do with that, right? And I don't think that God calls everybody to sell all of their stuff and follow him in that sense. But I think that he has done that with people over time, and we see him do that in Scripture with certain people over time, and a lot of times it's people that their wealth is their life. If our wealth is our life, then our God is not Jesus. Our God is the stuff that we have here. And let me tell you, it can all be gone in a second. This understanding for us is a worship issue. It's a heart issue. It's not a do I have enough issue. It's not a 
you know, can I make more issue? It's not a, you know, I feel guilty about this issue. Scripture talks all over the place. Don't give out of guilt. I'm telling you as the pastor of this church, don't give out of guilt. Please don't do that. Please, please do what we see scripturally to do, which is to give out of, out of joy. You know, giving out of joy is what we're called to do. But that comes when our hearts are in the right place with the Lord. And that's, that can be tough for us because a lot of times our worship isn't with the Lord. Our worship is of the stuff. I want to hit you with another passage here, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 19. Hopefully I'm getting my chapters straight. I'm sure you'll let me know. Matthew 6, verse 19. And it says this. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and neither thieves not break in and steal. Do not break in and steal. Verse 21, you've probably heard this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. By the way, this passage also ends with the exact exact thing of no one can serve two masters, but either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God money. So, again, this isn't a money message. But it's there, and we can't ignore it. And the reason that Jesus talks about it so much is because he knew that it would be such a big struggle for us he knew that there would be moments along the way that we would choose it over him. And he doesn't want that for us, not because he's trying to play some cruel joke on us. He wants that for us because he knows what's best for us and he loves us and he cares for us. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is our treasure? What is our treasure? Maybe, maybe your treasure is something you don't even have yet, right? You know? Maybe your treasure is something you don't even have yet. I mean, we, we all have those treasures, right? I mean, we all have like, like man, if I, you know, we got, we got I won't name him, Perry Locker, uh, but one person in our church that says all the time, if he ever hits the lottery, he's taking me to Barrett-Jackson, and I get to pick out whatever I want. I mean, I think about that at night, you know? <laughs> And, and let me just say, if God's blessed you and you're able to go out and buy a new Shelby GT500, just, just let the Lord lead you to let your pastor borrow it every once in a while, okay? Yeah, or a year. Two. But you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I mean we can joke about it, but the, but the truth is, is that we know our hearts, and that's the point in talking about it today. The point is not guilt. I don't want you to walk out of here feeling guilty. Oh my gosh, that just ran all over me. I mean, I mean, if, I mean, if there's conviction, let that be between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord because I am, I am, very much saying more so than ever. Any pastor, you're probably going to hear saying, "I'm not trying to make it about money," but it's there. And the issue is our hearts. 
Where our treasure lies, there our heart will be also. So this morning I come to you and I just plead to you, where's your heart today? Where's your treasure today? I watched those people speed off out of the parking lot last night at the gas station. They knew that they were calling the police on them. And this guy had come running out of a bathroom with blood coming down his thing. And, I, you know, I guess the girl saw a needle and the whole nine yards. And Where's our treasure at? I mean, it's so easy. I know it's so easy for us to look and hear that kind of stuff and go, What's, that's just stupid decisions and all this kind of stuff. Well, let, me, let me tell you what's not stupid decisions. The fact that there are kids that have to live with that. Are we, are, we, are we just going to go blind eye and go, hey, we're just going to pretend that doesn't exist? That's not, that's not my life, so it's, it's, it shouldn't, it, I, shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to do anything. Listen, what about those kids? What about, what about them? Can we love them that they might know Jesus, that their life might be changed? Some of my favorite people in the world are recovering addicts. But you know what? They don't get to be recovering without given a chance. We got, we got to see that stuff. We got to see through the smoke and mirrors. We got to get past the, well, you know, I've always done better for myself and all that talk. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, there's tons of us in here that can talk about how hard we've worked over the years. Tons of us. We, we, we can share those stories all day long. That's fine and good. You know what? Maybe the hard work for us at this point in our life is to figure out how to minister to those people that they know Jesus, that their lives are changed, that their kids' lives are changed, that there's no longer a cycle that they grow up in the same thing, and then they grow up and they recreate it. As I talked to police officers this past week, at the thing that we got to be a part of down in Ashland City. And some of them, as I've shared kind of what God is leading us to do, some of those guys telling me about, because when I said, hey, we want to help break the chains and break the cycles, that some of them are sharing with me, yeah, now I'm, a, I'm now arresting the children of some of these people for the same exact things, drug-related, whatever it may be. We can be a part of it, or we can pretend like it doesn't exist, and we can just... Walk away. I don't have the answers in how to do all that. I don't think any of us do. And if anything, we've learned from the three meetings that we've had so far, the three new ministries that we're trying to start, is this, is that there are one million things we could do, right? And, and, and for those that are laughing because they were in some of those meetings, and, and we're just going to have to pick, okay, God, what are you leading us to do? We're going to pick these few things, and we're going to try to do those best we can. And we're going to try. We're going to try to make a difference for the kingdom. For the kingdom. Not for ourselves. Not so that we can go, hey, look at what our hard work did. But because we want them to know Jesus like we know Jesus. We want their lives to be changed like our lives have been changed. And God has called us to that. I think we know that. And so I go back to the question. Here's the question. Remember the question. What has God given you to work with right now? What is God looking for you to be faithful in right now?
Maybe it is a talent that you have. Maybe it's an ability. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's influence that you have over groups of people somehow. Maybe it's a job title. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's that bum job that you can't stand. But God has said, here's what I gave you right now. I want to see what you can do with it for the kingdom. That's different than us thinking about what we can do with it for us, right? What we can do with it for the kingdom. And ultimately, may we be reminded of this. That He, even when we are not, He is always faithful. So before you beat up on yourself too much, because that's not what this is about, before you beat up on yourself too much and go, I've not been faithful with so many things right now. I need a piece of paper. I've got to write lists. That's fine if you want to do that and pray over that stuff. That's fine. But might we be reminded that even when we are, we are not faithful, He is. 1 Corinthians 1.9, and I'll close with this. God is faithful. By whom you are called into fellowship, with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would help us to see what it looks like for us to be faithful in the things that you're calling us to in this life right now, whatever that means, and how we serve you at our work, at how we love that neighbor, that family member, whatever it may be. God, may you make it clear to us what you're calling us to right now. Help us to be faithful in that right now. God, for that person that has never trusted in you to be their Savior, God, I pray that today you would speak to their heart and you would help them to see it's not about how much they can get right or how much church they can go to. God, I pray that they would see today it is a relationship with you. God, help them to make that step of faith today. Help them to be faithful today in believing in you, to be a loving father who sent his son to die for us, to take the death we deserve, that we might be saved. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.